He is the rock that everything flows out of. And as long as you can keep your attention and your focus on Him, um, everything is good and you're going to receive everything that you need. Faith comes from Jesus. Grace comes from Jesus. The Spirit of God comes from Jesus. Um, everything comes from Jesus. And so as we can get and stay Jesus-focused, we can learn how to basically receive everything that the Lord has for us. And in Romans chapter 5 and in verse 17, it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive. Everybody say receive. receive. You're not in here today trying to achieve anything. You're not trying to earn anything from God. Um, you're not trying to get anything from God by anything that you do. God's already finished it all for you. And he's just trying to get you to receive it. Amen? And, and honestly, it's as easy as breathing in, in the oxygen that you're breathing in right now. You're surrounded by the love of God. You're surrounded by the grace of God. You're surrounded by the Spirit of God. God just wants you to receive. And it's free. Can I get an amen? You don't have to buy it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. It says, much more those who receive an abundance of grace... And the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. And so receiving this gift of righteousness and receiving an abundance of, of grace, God's ability, God's unmerited favor and God's ability is what's going to set you up to reign in life. Now, when you die and go to heaven, you're not going to have any enemies. And so you, we all need to learn how to overcome in this life. You have promises that's, that God has given to you in this life. And uh, the grace of God is what God's ability is. The mic weird, or is it just me? Okay, all right. Praise God. Um, the grace of God is what is going to give you God's ability to overcome. It's going to set you free from the dominion of sin, set you free from depression, set you free from anything that the enemy would try to bring against you in this life. And so, um, and then let's turn to Romans chapter five and verse. We'll take a look at verse 21, but the, the, one of the important things to understand about the grace of God is the grace of God is going to flow to you through righteousness. And um, unfortunately, a good portion of the body of Christ doesn't really understand what New Testament righteousness is, but it's actually the biggest deal in the world because the way that you believe that you are right with God is going to tremendously impact the flow of God's grace or God's ability to you. And if you think, if, you're, if the way that you believe that you're right with God is off, it's just like a, a hose being kinked. It's going to stop the flow of grace to you. And so it's so important to understand righteousness. And what, what we have to understand that righteousness under the new covenant it's not something that you earn. It's not something that you deserve. You do not do anything to make yourself right with God. You don't. Um, and I know that's contrary to uh, a lot of modern-day Christianity, but I can show you in the Scriptures where what I'm saying is true. If you had the ability to make yourself right with God through your behavior, then you had no need for Jesus to die for you. You do not earn this thing. You don't deserve it. You don't get any credit for it. I don't get any credit for it. How I many of there's nobody in this room that's any better than anybody else? Can I get an amen? amen? We all need Jesus, and we're all made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ. And that really is the centerpiece of the gospel. The good news of the gospel is this, is that you don't make yourself right with God. You receive Jesus as your righteousness, and He makes you right with God. 
And the rightness that you have with God is not an action or not something you do. The rightness that you have with God is a person. Jesus has become your righteousness. The reason that you're right with God, I used to be a drug addict, alcoholic, atheist, right? I was 19 years old. I called upon the name of the Lord. I got saved, and I stepped into Christ at that moment. I mean, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. I stepped into Christ, and at that point, the person I was died, and I, my righteousness became Jesus, and Jesus became my righteousness. I mean, you know, if you're born again this morning, you're in Christ, and I mean, you know, Christ is in you. He that knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Him. And so, understanding that on a head knowledge level is one thing, but getting, can we turn the AC off again? I'm sorry, I'm up and down and up and down. Okay, uh, Stephanie will know how to do it. It's now cold in here, so anyway, it's Kentucky, praise the Lord. <laughs> and so, um, but understanding that on a head knowledge level is one thing, but actually getting that down into your heart is something completely different. Really getting established in the fact that you're right with God. If you're born again today, you're right with God. Okay, and, and there's nobody in this room that's more right with God than you are. I'm not more right with God because I'm a preacher. And you're not less right with God because you got mad at your spouse on the way in here. Or, or uh, I ate a whole roll of Oreos last night. A whole roll. And, you know, and I feel like if you ain't eating a roll, you didn't even really do nothing. You know what I'm saying? You, you think you ate some more? You didn't eat no Oreos. I ate a roll of Oreos. You know what I'm saying? And then just passed out on the couch because I went into a sugar cone. <laughs> I'm so tired. We had ministry all day in uh, Susanna Joe's, and, and we had a great time, and it was awesome, but they don't have, it's all just finger foods, you know what I'm saying? It's like crackers and cheese and all that kind of stuff. Jeremiah Johnson need more finger foods, man, and so I came home, and praise God, my wife made me a couple Philly cheesesteaks, and then I ate a row of Oreos, right? Some people might feel like that's gluttony or sin, I don't know, um, but I had a good time, amen? And, and, and how many know I'm still right with God? Can I get an amen? And so... Your rightness with God, you're right with God because you're a child of God. You know, my son over here, Ethan, he's going to be my son all the days of his life. Why? Because my DNA is on the inside of him. He's never going to not be my son, right? If my DNA, my human DNA, is strong enough to maintain the reality of his identity, how much more the incorruptible seed of the Word of God is it able to maintain your sonship and your daughtership? And you may be hearing this and saying, well, man, this is just going to give people a license to sin. No, it doesn't. According to Scripture, this is what sets people free from sin. It's what works, man. Um, the, the, you are no longer under condemnation. You're now under grace. And that's what's actually going to empower you to do the right thing. When you believe right, you're going to act right. And so, you're right, so this rightness with God is a really key issue because <clears throat> a lot of times people don't feel like they're right with God. And they don't actually believe that they're right with God. And then they start trying to establish their own righteousness and if, if their own rightness with God. And if you're trying to establish your own rightness with God, you're rejecting the finished work of the cross. You're in New Testament disobedience. And you're trying to be your own savior. And you're falling from grace. And the grace of God reigns through righteousness. Sin is so that it, sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness. Everybody say through. Grace reigns through righteousness. The, the avenue in which grace is received is the righteousness which is of faith. And when you get off in your righteousness, then it's going to stop the flow of grace. Now, sin 
does not stop grace. Grace stops sin. According to Scripture. So, no matter what sin you make, no matter what mistake you make, there's still grace for you. Now, the cool thing about it is, you know, grace is not mercy. It's not God looking over your sin and leaving you in your sin. Grace comes in an unmerited fashion. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. But grace is also a helping hand to pull you out of that sin and to bring you back onto the road of walking out the righteousness that's within you. And so, no matter what sin you make, how many of you know Jesus already picked up the tab? So you're never going to out the cross. You're never, your, your rebellion, your mistakes, and your failures are never going to be stronger than the cross. Now, if you do sin, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt those around you. Sin will kill you. It's, it's evil. Uh, and I'm here to tell you right now, sin is actually not a good time. It's not. It's false. It's been incorrectly portrayed as a good time. Sin is not a good time. Sin is pain. You know what's a good time? Following God. Doing the will of God. At His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And we've been taught this moralistic, legalistic Christianity, and we think that sin is fun and following God is boring and bad, and that's not true. It's not true. The good times are with the Lord. I'm telling you, the pleasure is with the Lord. I'm just, it's the truth. Like, it's facts. Sin is not a good time. It's a good time for a minute. And then it's going to kick your butt and might even kill you. So, sin is evil. And, um, but, no matter how much you sin, no matter how much you fail, there's always going to be grace to pick you up and empower you and strengthen you to not live there. But if you allow condemnation to come and convince you that God is against you or God is mad at you or God is going to punish you for your sin, then in that moment when you're entertaining condemnation in your thoughts and your emotions, you are in unbelief concerning the success of the cross. There's no condemnation for for those which are in Christ Jesus. God's not going to condemn you. He refuses to condemn you. Why? Because he already paid, he already did the work in Jesus Christ. Sin has already been condemned on the body of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. And so how do you come out of sinful behavior? Well, you've got to remove the condemnation first. You know, I posted something this morning, which I think is a really good analogy. But can you imagine having a winter jacket on, but trying to take it off without unzipping it? I mean, if there's someone in here and they had a big winter jacket on, it was over in the corner just like, sweating and struggling and like, bro, unzip it, man, you know, and, and when you trying to get free from sinful behavior while you're still in condemnation and thinking you're not right with God is something that you're going to, you're not coming out of that sin. You might willpower your way out and then when you get out, you'll take credit for it and become self-righteous and frustrate grace. And then there's just a short period of time until you're going to actually fall worse than you did before because you're still in your own strength. You're not, we, we, we don't want our strength in any area of our lives. And what, what I'm talking about here in the, with, in the gospel is yielding to the righteousness of God, submitting to the righteousness of God so that you can have His grace, His ability, and so you can overcome and reign in life through His ability and not your own. So when you do get free, you don't take credit for it. You point to Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen? 
You never take credit for anything. It always, it's always all about Jesus, just like Logan was sharing earlier. It's all about Him. It's all about Him, right? And so grace reigns through righteousness. So the enemy is always going to attack your place of rightness with God. And he's either going to condemn you and say that you're no good and you're, you know, you're filthy and you're dirty, or he's going to push you and say you're awesome, look at you, you're better than other people. Both things are, are self-righteous. Both things are going, to, are going to stop the flow of grace. Who would like God's ability to function in this world? Me. So we have to get this right. And, 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 and it's not getting this right from a head knowledge thing. You, we, in order to really function this, you've got to get it down in your heart. You know, because I'm telling you, here's the thing. When you really get this into, oh, thank you so much. When you really get this down into your heart, he's been preaching with me for a long time. <laughs> Amen. When you really get this thing down into your heart, it will affect your emotions. It's important to understand. We, we've kind of kicked emotions to the side in the name of faith, but your emotions are powerful. And uh, God has emotions. And you want healthy emotions. You do. You know, we're not robots, man. Like, we're not called to be robots, and we're not called to constantly go against, you know, I know you may feel this way, but you just got to believe, you just got to believe. And yes, there's time for that. There's time to push past your emotions. But when you get your mind renewed and your thoughts established in the fact that you're right with God, it will impact your emotions. And I'm going to tell you right now, when you feel right with God, that's a good day. That's a good day, and, and it's because and it's, and it's, you, you have so much confidence when you, when you feel like you're right with God. Now, I'm not saying you're always going to feel like you're right with God, because you're not, because your emotions are up and down, but what I am saying is the more that you get this established in you, you can have seasons and times of feeling right with God, but the key is, is you can't build your rightness with God on anything that you do, because if you build your rightness with God on anything that you do, it's subject to change. And your rightness with God will be up and down like a roller coaster. How many of y'all, sometimes you do the right thing? Can't get an amen. You came to church today. Good job. <laughs> you know, sometimes you do the right thing. Sometimes you eat the whole roll of Oreos. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was the right thing. It felt like the right thing. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't regret it at all. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was fantastic. I brought them Oreos out. She's like, you going to do that? I said, yeah. Yeah, it's been one of them days. I'm about to do <laughs> it. Was du- Dude, I mean... There is no Oreo other than double stuff Oreos. Anyone who has an Oreo that's not double stuff, that ain't an Oreo. I'm sorry. I'm here to tell you right now. That, no, I'm sorry. Me. <laughs> I'm not trying to condemn nobody for eating healthy or anything like that. But, but my point being is if you try to build your rightness with God on you, your Christianity is going to be like this. And you're only going to hit grace every once in a while. And at the end of the day, you're going to be left in your own strength, and you're going to be tired. You're going to be wore out, and, the only, and a lot of times when people are in that, the only way they alleviate the pressure that's on them is they judge other people. Let's stop and let that hit for a minute. That's how, that's, if you're not established in righteousness, the way you alleviate the condemnation that you feel is you judge other people. And then you compare yourself with somebody else. Well, at least I'm not doing that. At least I'm not like Jeremiah eating you know, whole raw Oreos. Or at least, you know what I'm saying? Or at least I'm not, at least I'm not, at least I'm not, at least I'm not. And then what you're doing is you're comparing yourself with other people and you're, you're not in the spirit. You're carnal. That's carnal. 
If the way that you're going to alleviate condemnation is through accusation and criticism towards other Christians, then you're still, you're still walking carnal. And so what I'm trying to do here as we've been in this series is I want to help you to understand that you may understand this here, but I'm giving you symptoms of not understanding it here yet. Right? And, and, and I'm also not saying I've arrived. I don't think anybody on earth has arrived. I don't, I don't think anyone on earth, because this is the fight of faith. Anytime you see faith, it's about faith in Jesus Christ. It's about faith in the finished work. We, we've tried to have faith in a million, faith for things, faith for healing, faith for this, faith for that, faith for this. No, just have faith in Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Let's simplify this thing. Let's make it easy. Just believe in Jesus Christ, and then faith will flow in all these other areas. Because listen, when you know you're right with God, you know your prayers are heard. And when you don't get the results that you want in the time that you get it, you still trust God. And you stop thinking that God's against you, or you're not measuring up. Because the, the ruler in which you're measured is not you, it's Jesus Christ. How I many you know Jesus is the one on trial? Come on, man. You're not on trial. We, we've got to remove ourselves out of the equation here. And just like Logan was sharing earlier, the covenant wasn't even cut with us. It was cut between Father God and His Son, Jesus. You're in Christ. Jesus is the seed of Abraham. So what that means, there's no weak link here any longer. The reason God found fault with the Old Covenant because it was based on our ability to keep it. And it wasn't, there's nothing wrong with the law. We, we just stunk and we couldn't keep it because we were carnal. But God has actually removed every weak link. The only thing we got to do is believe now. When you believe properly, everything else will line up. When you believe that you're right with God, you're going to act right with God. Okay, get an amen. I'm just telling you, it works, man. Like when you, when you get this righteousness issue settled, grace will overflow like, look, you know, and I, always, I just share my own life. I'm free from drugs. I'm free from alcoholism. I'm free from pornography. I'm free from lust. I'm free from lying and cheating and stealing. I'm free. I don't do, I'm not involved in none of that crap anymore. Hallelujah. And then that's not because of me, because I'm telling you right now, I could not do anything. Nothing. I, I'm weakest of all men. I mean, I feel like that. Like, I'm last place. But grace. <laughs> God's grace. And now I have grace. To be a minister, now I have grace to be a father, now I have grace to be a friend, and like, wow, it's so much cooler when God's doing it through me. My only part is to make sure that I keep Jesus as my righteousness. Because if I can keep Jesus as my righteousness, grace will just keep flowing in my life, and I'll actually reign in life. And I won't be straining and grunting and travailing, I'll be soaring. Amen. And it's, it's actually not so hard. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. I'm not saying life's not hard because life is hard, but you keeping your rightness on Jesus is something that you, this is, this is actually spiritual maturity. This is how you grow up. Because so many of us, we've based our rightness in a million other things. The way we look, how much money we have, what kind of job we have, what type of athletic ability we have, what type of grades we make in school, how skinny we are, how pretty we are. What kind of clothes we have, how good a mom we are, how good a blah, 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 blah. All that bunch of stuff is fig leaves. Yep. Yep. And you have to learn how to count all that but dung. So, and then put all, of your, put all your eggs in Jesus' basket. Come on. And you're going to have to learn how to do it. 
Because you've spent most of your life developing your confidence based upon something. It might be how good you work a job. It might be the skill that you have with your hands. It might be how, how intelligent you are. Everybody in here, you've had something that you've trusted in to make you feel like you're okay. There's a time in my life, it's how much I could drink, how much drugs I could do, how many girls I could sleep with. That was my form of justification. There's all, this whole world is filled with people trying to cover themselves with fig leaves, trying to prove that they're right and okay somehow. And the only way out is Jesus. And, and if you can get, if you can detach all your confidence out of, and then let's go into the Christian arena. How often they go to church? Well, I go to church every Sunday. You put your confidence in that. You put your confidence in, well, I read my Bible every day. You put your confidence in that, your rightness in that. How much I give. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I'm a witnesser. I'm a, 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 look at me, I'm okay. Look at me, I'm good. Anything you do to establish your rightness is dead work. And it's great to come to church, it's great to give, it's great to read your Bible. Those things are great, but the issue is the motivation of the heart. Can I get an amen? Amen. We're after your heart. Because if we can get your heart established in righteousness and grace, then you'll do those things for the right reasons. And you won't be doing those things trying to establish your rightness. Amen? And uh, it's a worthy journey. I've been obsessed with it for probably 23 years now, haven't I? (laughs) I mean, I have. And I feel like I'm just starting to understand it. <laughs> I really do. I'm like, oh, okay, I finally I'm starting to get this a little bit. But let's, let's go, let's take a look at a little bit more scripture before we dive into where we're going today. Galatians chapter 2. And, you know, this is such a contrary thing. It's just amazing. Like, I preached this in Harrodsburg at this leadership meeting. And, I mean, it's like people are looking, I mean, these are people who have been in ministry forever. And they're looking at me like, huh? But I mean, but it's but it's right here in the book, man. I mean, we're right with God by faith. I mean, it's the core principle of everything that Jesus did on the cross. But Galatians chapter 2 and verse 21, it says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the law or righteousness comes by my behavior, then Christ is dead in vain. Everybody hear that? What frustrates grace? Trying to establish your own rightness through behavior. I like what uh, different translations say, I do not set aside the grace of God. When you, in any form or fashion, try to establish your own righteousness, you're frustrating grace. We can't do it. Um, and then Galatians chapter 5 and verse 4, just doing a little bit of review here. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law or declared right by the law, declared right by your behavior, you are fallen from grace. That's how you fall from grace. Everybody thinks sin's what caused you to fall from grace. That's not scriptural. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. It's just the facts, man. But if you try to establish your rightness with God through your behavior, that's how you fall from grace. That's how you go back into the flesh. That's how you enter into the carnal mind. And that's how you do not bring forth fruit to God. That's how you become mean, self-righteous, religious person, or... You become so condemned that you want to walk away from God and walk away from the church. Both are graceless things. So this issue of righteousness is actually the most important thing in your Bible. It is. I mean, it's the most important issue. It's the key. You get this right, it'll unlock everything else. So now let's turn to Galatians chapter 3. And I want to just take a look at this because the Galatian church began in faith righteousness 
Um, and I'll take it a step further. This is the offense of the cross. The offense of the cross isn't that a man was, 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 was crucified and killed, and that's a horrendous thing. The offense of the cross is that you're made right with God by believing in Jesus. That is offensive to every form of man-made religion on the earth. Every man-made religion on this earth all have rules to keep to be right. Every single religion. Every single one of them. They all have rules. They all have things you obtain to. You have to blah, 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 blah. Only Jesus is the one that comes down and gives it to you as a gift. And it is offensive to man's pride to think they can't do anything to make themselves right with God or keep themselves right with God. That's the offense of the cross. Makes everybody mad. Best news in the world, but it makes everybody mad. Amen. You don't get no credit. Nobody does. Nobody gets any credit except Jesus. But anyway, so here these people are. They're, they're in a place of faith. They're in a place of righteousness of faith. They've got grace flowing. They're Gentiles. They don't have any framework of legalism. But legalism is so attractive to the flesh of man that people who were taught by one of the, probably the greatest preachers ever walked the face of this planet, the Apostle Paul, they were taught by Paul. Wouldn't you like to sit in on some of Paul's teaching? What would you pay to sit in to hear Paul preach? I'd probably give everything I have to hear him preach because he knew what was up, you know what I'm saying? And, and like he knew it well. And, um, and yet these people were taught by the man who was taught by Jesus and had this tremendous, had a revelation so strong that God chose to write two-thirds of Scripture through his pen, and they went back to legalism. Because that's how attractive it is to flesh, to carnal, to carnal minds. You know who else went back to legalism? Writing this same book, Peter. Barnabas. Everybody but Paul. For real, like everybody went back, and Paul just stood there alone. Many times. And I'll tell you what, you get this revelation, sometimes you feel like that. But uh, I'll stand with Jesus over the majority any day of my life. And once you get this thing inside of you and it burns on the inside of you, you can't get rid of it. <laughs> and you can't see anything the same way. And when you see people playing those religious games of self-righteousness and dead works, you're like, I just walk away. You know, I mean, I can't, I can't play those games anymore because... Once your eyes are open to it, man, it just, it's like fire in your bones, you know. Well, because you recognize how disrespectful it is to Jesus. It's so disrespectful to think you can earn something that Jesus did and that Jesus earned. And so, anyway, so he's talking to him. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, he says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And there is a bewitchment of legalism. It's like a spell that's cast upon people. Um, it's very destructive. It turns people away from Jesus. It says, Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Everybody say, Obey the truth. The obedience of the New Testament is believing. God is not concerned with your behavior as much as He's concerned with your, your believing. If we can get your believing right, your behavior will just line up. It's just the facts. God's after your heart. That you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you. This only I want to learn of you. Received you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? So listen to me. Anytime you see the flesh, I want you to plug in works righteousness. Because that's actually what it is. 
They started in the Spirit, and they started to try to. They they started receiving this gift of righteousness. Grace was flowing in their church. The Spirit. I mean, the Spirit of God was flowing in here today. You know why? Because the gospel is being preached. And that's just going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger in this church. We're going to have time. I mean, and, and I'm telling you, just let God lead you. You know, God may have something to say out of you. God, we, don't, we just let God do what God wants to do. If God, don't, if God don't want me up here preaching, we'll just have a whole service where we're all just sharing. I want God. I, we want the life of God. Whatever it looks like, however it feels, like, Whatever it takes, you know what I'm saying? It's worth anything. Like, it's worth everything. <clears throat> but it, these things happen where, where, where Jesus is honored. And Jesus is honored where the gospel is preached. And so they started in the Spirit. They started in faith. They started in faith righteousness. But then the legalists came in. They bewitched them, and they moved away from it. And then they started trying to establish their own righteousness in the flesh. So every time you see flesh, I want you to think works righteousness. And there's a part of me that would like to even say and call it unbelief righteousness. Because that's really what it is. It's unbelief. And so I'm, I'm going to use both. Because I wanted to get it ingrained in you. That's how you end up in the flesh is you trying to establish your own righteousness. And if you're in the flesh, you're about to sin. Because <laughs> you're back in your own strength. And so if you want to get set free from sin and stay out of the flesh, believe that you're right with God by faith. Amen. And so, now let's turn to Romans 8 real quick. So, when you see flesh, works righteousness, unbelief righteousness. Because I really feel like if we can get this right, we can, we can get set free from a lot of things that have held us down for a long time. We can get set free from mindsets. We can get set free from... So many things, and then we can, we can have the power of God's Spirit operative in our life. And, uh, and we can stay out of the flesh. And we can reign in life through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And um, so Romans chapter 8, we're really still in review, but uh, it's imp- we're still it's getting down deeper inside of us. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, it says, There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, who do not try to establish their own righteousness, who do not try to make themselves right with what they do. Let me read that again. There's therefore now no condemnation of those which are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Check it out. If you're trying to establish your own right standing with God through your behavior, you're under condemnation. And you're either internalizing it or you're externalizing it. You internalizing it by getting depressed and sad and in self-pity parties and looking at how bad you are. You externalize it by being judgmental and judging everybody around you. Neither of those are love. I mean, the end goal here is love. That's what grace produces is love. That's what the Spirit of God produces is love. But you can't walk in love and be condemned. You can't love yourself and you can't love anybody else. So we have to stay out of condemnation. It says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. The law is perfect, but when someone tries to complete the law in their own strength, they can't do it. You can't be perfect. Okay, Jesus was the only one that could be perfect. And so, 
Let's move on. God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and on account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So, who do not walk according to the flesh. So, those of you who will decide to be right with God because of Jesus, and not because of what you do, will now have the power of the Spirit to fulfill the requirements of the law by walking in love. See, the law is great. There's nothing in that law that's bad. Come on, Ten Commandments. But there's nothing in your flesh that can get it done. And the moment you try to get it done, you're going to fail. So God has a new way of doing things. God's going to make you righteous by faith in Jesus, and then God's going to give His Spirit to you and put His grace on you to give you a desire to walk in love. And then when you walk in love, the commandments will be fulfilled and actually beyond the commandments will be filled. Not only will you not commit adultery, you'll be taught how to love your spouse. Not only will you not steal, God will teach you how to be a giver. Not only will you not take the Lord's name in vain, you'll be worshiping the Lord. Everybody tracking me here? See, our, our, our goal is actually higher than the law and because, because Jesus, when he preached the law, he didn't just address your behavior, he addressed your motivation. He said, hey, if, you, if you're angry with your brother, that's like murder. If you look on a woman to lust, that's like adultery. And so not only can you, or we really want to do this thing right, not only do we not do anything, we do the right thing, but we do it for the right reasons. Everybody recognize how impossible that is in your strength? Hallelujah. But so, so he has said that if you'll just believe that hit the cross is a success and that you're right with him by faith, it will unleash the power of the Spirit to give you a desire to walk in love. And in walking in love, you'll fulfill the commandments. And then periodically, you'll make a mistake. And when you make a mistake, you know who's going to catch you? The Lord. And you make a mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake, you know who's going to catch you? The Lord. And sometimes your failure will cause you to fall more in love with Him. When you find out that He's not going to take His righteousness away from you because you've fallen. And so He takes your failure and even your failures serve you. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. Because the more He is faithful to you and sticks with you, even in the midst of your failure, the more you love Him. And the more you are so grateful to Him. Because He's your rescuer, He's your hero, He's your Savior. He'll turn the water into wine. It's amazing. But, but you have to do your part, which is to believe that the cross was a success. You have to do your part, which is to submit to the fact that you're right with God. Even when you fail, even when you fall on your good days and on your bad days. And when you do right things, it doesn't make you more right with God. You better understand that, because if you don't get that, you'll slip up and you'll fall on the other side. And see, you don't just fall, you can fall on both sides. And when you fall on the side, it's, it's hot in here now. <laughs> Is it hot? Did it get hot? Well, on it. All right. I just, I'm sorry. I don't know why we can't 
this is every Sunday for us. It's like, it's hot, it's cold, it's hot, it's cold. And then Steph just back here rolling her eyes so hard at me, man. I just like, see, let me turn a fan on for him. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, no, 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 don't do it. <laughs> It'll burn the motor out. <laughs> that is my, ch- my children's fault, so we'll, we'll get it, we'll, we'll fix it, it'll be fine. But anyway, um, but, but if you slip up on the side of thinking that you're more right with God when you do everything right, you'll slip and you'll, because you, you actually will frustrate grace, and then it'll cause you to fall and go back over to this other side. See, you ever had a time in your life when you was doing everything so well and you thought you was awesome? And then haven't you found out that you tend to fall and go into sin after that? Can we all be honest for a little bit? Because that's how it works. Because once you leave Jesus as your righteousness, you're left to your own ability. It's like walking out on the water with nothing to walk on. And so you're going to sink. And then you're going to be up there, I'm awesome, and you guys need to do this, and you guys need to do that, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and y'all need to be like me. Why aren't you reading your Bibles? Blah, blah, blah. And then, bam, you're back over here. And you done messed everything up. Why? Because you fell from grace. So it takes just as much skill to keep Jesus as your righteousness when you're doing everything right as when you're doing everything wrong. Everybody understand? We can get good at this. This is meat, guys. This is not milk. This is, the, this is meat. This is how you grow up. In me, I had a season where I was good at, at understanding righteousness when I failed. But when I was doing everything right, I wasn't good at keeping Jesus as my righteousness. And now, I've, I've, I've grown in it, and now I understand, never get focused on me, ever. Not when I'm doing everything right, not when I'm doing anything wrong, because nothing gives me more of a right. Everybody understanding this? Okay. And it says, um, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Works righteousness. Living according to the flesh is you trying to establish your own righteousness. Remember, we saw that in Galatians chapter 3. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Faith righteousness. Faith righteousness. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be trying to establish your own right standing with God is death. To receive your right standing with God through Jesus is to be spiritually minded and to have life and peace. All right, now let's turn to Galatians chapter 5. This is where I've been really trying to go. And so, once again, this is not a head knowledge. This is a, you've got to get this in your, in your heart, and it's not going to happen just you hearing a message on Sunday. This, this will invite you to the party. But, like, if you really want to get this down in you, you're going to have to study this on your own. You're going to have to open up the Scriptures. You're going to have to really meditate on the Scriptures and think about it because this faith, right? it's a revelation. It's not a head knowledge, but I'm telling you, the path of the righteous is as a shining light that grows brighter and brighter into the perfect day. The more you get a hold of this, the better everything in your life is going to be. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy, and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. See, so many people in Christianity, they're running around trying to put out small fires. That's what most people do. They're running around, I need more revelation about this, I need more revelation about that. I need to do it. And they're running around putting out small fire. No, just make the first thing first. Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's like God makes it pretty simple for us. 
But we get, we get off track, and we're like, well, I need to be. And I'm not saying you can't learn other things. I'm not trying to say you can't study other things. But you better bring it all back to Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about just a revelation of faith righteousness. I'm talking about the person. This is not a doctrine. This is not a teaching. This is a man. Hallelujah. Always make it about him. Amen? Because then it's a relationship. And it's not just you trying to learn something. All right, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, stand, and we'll close right here. It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. What is that yoke of bondage? Works righteousness. This is back in the Galatian church again. Works righteousness is a yoke of bondage. It will hurt you. It will harm you. It will keep love from flowing out of you. It will put you right there in your own strength. See, the devil can't stop you as long as you stay out of works righteousness. The only way he can get a foothold into your life is you turning away from Jesus and turning back to yourself for your right standing with God. What would you say? Oh, okay, cool. Amen. I'm trying to make it as plain as I can make it. Like, I feel like I've grown in this to the point to where, like, I just don't care anymore as far as, like, I'm, I'm just going to preach it. And I'm not going to pull any punches. And I feel like my language is getting more and more direct, which I feel like it's, it's getting more. Because if, if, if someone has this working in their life, then it's easier for them to deposit it in somebody else. If this is like rhema to me, like I can deposit it in you quicker than 10 years ago when I had a head knowledge of this, but it wasn't established in my heart. It's a sword now. And, and, and I've grown in my boldness in it. And, and, uh, and so now I just don't care if you get mad. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And I love everybody in this room. So I'm not like trying to, to I mean, I love you. But like I love you enough to shake you out of your self-righteousness and, and, and you know what I'm saying? Because like everything I'm saying, how I many is the best news in the world? It's just great news. But it, but it will take your flesh off. It'll make your flesh mad. It will. It'll be like, what's he trying to say? What, I ain't got to do nothing? What, you know, blah, 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 all these things. No, it's not about you. Good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. 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 I want it so bad. I want it for all of us. Did you have some? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and a good portion of Christianity, um, people are taught to just focus on themselves. I mean, they're, 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 you know, the whole of their Christian walk is, yeah, yes, absolutely. And it, it's the weak and beggarly elements of this life. It's, it's what am I doing right and what am I doing wrong. And um, it's, it's not, it just doesn't work. And so um, the enemy can't stop you as long as you're right with God. And your rightness with God is Jesus Christ. Could the enemy stop Jesus? 
So, so your righteousness is a sealed deal. You're, you're not going to increase in righteousness when you get to heaven. The same righteousness, the reason you get to heaven is because you're righteous. So, so what God's done in your spirit, it's a finished work. You are as right, your spirit is perfect, and, and, and you're, you're as right with God as Jesus Christ. And the reason you're as right with God as Jesus Christ is because Jesus has given you his righteousness. Listen, no other righteousness satisfies the Father. God is like perfect. Like he is, he's like perfect. Like he doesn't like imperfection. And I don't mean that in the sense of our imperfections and our shortcomings and our failures, but like, and I'm just, and the more you understand righteousness, the more you understand like the nature of God. God is perfect, and there's no flaw in him, and he's, he's 100% right. That's where his power comes from, is that he's right. And so in order to get us with him forever, he had to make us right. He had to make us perfect. Now, he'll, he'll perfect your soul, and he'll perfect your body eventually. But right now you get this down payment of the blood of Jesus, and now you're right with God. What is it now? Yes. I, I was actually thinking about that scripture somewhere in the back of my mind. As for me, I will behold your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied as I awaken your likeness. That it comes back to relationship. Gosh, when you know you're right with God, you can have a relationship with Him. You can, when you know that you've been made perfect, you know, just like all those prophetic words earlier that you're not dirty and you're clean and I love you and I want you and let me, let me be your, let me be, I want you. Don't deny me you because you've made mistakes. I paid for you, come here. And, and, and so the more you understand this, it's going to give you like a relationship with God and not a performance for God. And I'm telling you, the more you get to know Him, the more you want to live for Him. The more you want to, like you actually want to live a life that glorifies His name. And like He becomes the most important relationship in your life. And it's like, I love you. Like I really love God now. I didn't love God for the first 14 or so years of my life. I said I loved God, but I was saying I loved God because I wanted Him to love me. <laughs> and now, I like really love Him and I, because, because I know He loves me. Like, I just lay down in my bed and just be like, I love you. You know what I'm saying? And, and the reason I love Him is because He made me right. Like, He made me righteous. He made me His son. You follow me? Like, and I have a right, like I'm... And when you get a hold of this, you're just not scared of anything anymore. You're just not afraid because, like, this, this little thing that we call life, this thing's small compared to what we're going through. We got a kingdom that will not end, folks. We got, we got, a, we got a place where there's no more death. There's no more sickness. There's no more disease. There's no more depression. But the kingdom is here now. It's in us, but it's expressed through righteousness. The kingdom of God can't be expressed effectively through you when you're walking in condemnation. When you feel like I'm not good enough and I haven't measured up, no, you're not good enough. I'm not good enough. Nobody in this room is good enough. Nobody on earth is good enough. Only one can break the seal. There was only one that was worthy. There will always only be one that was worthy. He's worthy. But he's tucked you inside of himself. But he's made you one with him. And so if you think that you're not worthy, you're saying he's not worthy. 
And there's nobody in this room that would say he's not worthy. So stop saying you're not worthy because you're his. he, he, He chose you. He picked you out. You know, everybody here, you're here because he chose you. He's been calling your name. He won't leave you alone. You know how he is. He's been pursuing us. He wants us. He loves us. He wants to spend eternity with us. And he's not going to be in partnership with unrighteousness. You are righteous. You are the temple of the living God. And the more you can get that reality down here, and you can start kicking off all those words that people spoke against. See, the enemy's always been trying to slander you. He's always been trying to, to build inside of you a heart of rejection. He's been attacking your worth and your value your whole life. Everybody in here, you've had things spoken over you and said to you. And you've taken up those words into your own mouth. And you've said bad things about yourself. And you've spoken bad about yourself. And God is like, look, how long will you kick against the pricks? How long are you going to persecute me by persecuting you? How long are you going to persecute me by persecuting you? It is self-righteous for you to try to pay for your sin. How many of us have been punishing ourselves for years? Because in the back of our minds, we didn't feel like we were good enough. No. No, we, 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 we're coming out of that, man. We're coming out of that. We're coming out of that. And the way we're coming out of that is we're realizing that Jesus has become our identity. We're in him. Now, he's the head. He's the boss. He's the man. We're the body. You know, never lose sight of that. You get weird if you lose sight of that. But, but, but he's given us his righteousness. So, like, you know, Paul made the statement. He said, I don't even judge myself. You've lost the right to judge yourself. You can't judge yourself anymore. Are you going to judge the blood unworthy? You know what I'm saying? When I, when I lay it out to you like that, it's like, well, dang. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, but when you feel unworthy or you're under condemnation, listen, God has promised you He will never be angry with you. It's in the book of Isaiah. It's a covenant of peace. I know it's hard to believe. You don't have a relationship in your life where someone's never going to be angry with you. But God has said in Isaiah 54 that He's made a covenant with peace with you and He's not going to be mad at you. It's in the book, man. Now, there is still wrath from God towards people who reject Jesus Christ. I'm not saying there's no wrath because there is. But it's only for rejecting Jesus. But see, you haven't rejected Jesus. So you are saved from wrath, and you are in Christ, and you are in the ark, and when the waters pour, they lift you up. The judgment of God is in your favor because God has judged you righteous. I just want us to understand it. I want, I want us to live it. Not just Sunday morning it, man. I want it to get in you so that the way you function in life is filled with love. 
Because when you get a hold of this, that's actually what happens to you. You're so thankful and you're full of love and you treat people differently. You're never going to meet somebody who's better than somebody else. You're just not. Them people out there who don't believe in Jesus Christ, who are in crazy sin, who are damning God's name, who are against God, God loves those people. And God will save them and set them free because He's that powerful. But you can't carry the good news of reconciliation effectively until you know that you've been reconciled eternally. You won't effectively be a carrier of good news until you know you're reconciled. So it is good news. That's right. That you are reconciled. And you're not reconciled to the back table. You're not reconciled to the back room. You're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are celebrated. You are embraced. You are loved. You've never had sin strong enough to outdo the cross. And you know, one of the things I want to do, but I don't think we can, but I want to develop this as a culture in our church and in our ministry to where it just becomes a part of all of us. And, and uh, one of the things I'd like to do, I would like to have just a short film of Jesus' crucifixion before we take communion and, and be like, this is why you're righteous. I can't do that because we have little kids in here. But like, I want you to understand the gravity of what it took to make you righteous. That's why you're righteous, because of that, all that he did, all the blood that he spilled, all the rejection that he went through, and everything you can see with your physical eyes is nothing compared to what happened in the realm of the Spirit, because the man became sin. He became condemned. He became one with every mistake that any of us have ever made. He became sin. He was born again backwards. That's why you're righteous. So don't let anything stop you from walking and living righteous. Because that's what was paid to make you righteous. And when the enemy tries to bring in condemnation against you, the enemy tries to bring in accusation against you, remember the cross. Remember what was paid for you. And take a stand. Because you've got to condemn the tongues of judgment that rise against you. Nobody can do that for you. I wish I could do that for my children. I wish I could do that for my wife. But I can't get into their hearts and do it. Nobody can do it for you. Only thing I can do is preach the gospel to you. Only thing I can do for you is try to convince you that the cross is a success. But you have to take hold of it. And you have to take hold of Jesus as your righteousness. And you've got to take a stand against the tongues of judgment that try to rise against you. Because they don't come in another voice. They come in your voice. You are the one that's trying to condemn you. But it's not you. It's the enemy. But, when they, but, but you have to take a stand against that. And it's you and Jesus together. And every fight of faith comes back to whether the cross is a success or not. Every attack against your faith, everything that you go through about unanswered prayer and why did this happen and what's going on here always comes back to this. Are you right with God? Are you right with God? Yes, you are. And don't let, you, let, don't let anybody talk you out of it. 
Because they try to rob you through philosophy and vain deceits and the weak and barely elements of this life and this feast and that feast and do I eat Halloween candy? Do I not eat Halloween candy? How long is my hair? Am I circumcised? All that stuff, man. You know, and in their day, it was, it was all about circumcision, but in our day, it's a whole different thing. But it's still, all, it's, still, it's still always about what you do. What you do. And I'm not, you know, do what, do what is good for you. You know what I'm saying? Do what is good in your heart. The conscience of man is very, very important. If your conscience is condemning you for doing something, then don't do it. Don't do it. Because it's sin for you. And that sin will war against your soul. So if your conscience is not allowing you to do something, then don't, it's not worth it. I don't care what it is. Because it will rob you of confidence in Jesus as your righteousness. It's not worth it. If your conscience is not on board, then don't do it. Okay, get an amen. During that time, some people could eat meat offered to idols and some people couldn't. But, the, but if you... If your conscience allowed you to eat, how I many the meat was just meat? But if someone but if someone thought it was evil, it was evil for them. And God said it, 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 it's so important that you protect your brother's conscience that you forsake your liberty to not to harm their conscience, because a, a harmed conscience can't believe. And I'm and we live in a day and age now to where basically our whole lives are on social media. So it is a little bit different. You know, if I had to, you know, to, to obey everybody's conscience on social media, I wouldn't do nothing. I'd just sit at my house. You know, I had somebody get mad at me for drinking Starbucks coffee, man, and give me a really hard time about that. You know, I'm like, bro, I'm witnessing Starbucks all the time. But, but listen, I know it's crazy. But, but, but to them, it was like this big thing. And it's like, well, then you probably shouldn't drink Starbucks coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so... Uh, you know, it's different in the day and age that we're living in, but your conscience is really important, and that's why your conduct is important, because you don't want to do things that are going to mess with your conscience. You just don't. It's not worth it, because when you do things that mess with your conscience, it gives the enemy weapons against you, right? And you're going to need your conscience purged and cleansed. How? The gospel. The gospel. But you're right with God. You know what I'm saying? Because, because of what Jesus has done. And the more, and you know, I didn't even get into Galatians 5, and we're basically done, but um, it's okay. Um, because we want to follow the Spirit as all of these things are coming out. So we'll, we'll have to just step into that next time we're together. But I, I just, I want to get it in us, and I want it to function in your life and then when we come together, we bring that conviction of the, f the fact that the cross is success. And what happens is our church atmosphere just starts gaining in liberty and freedom. You want to you know how to worship God effectively? Don't think about yourself. You know what makes you think about yourself? You don't understand righteousness like you should just yet. When you're, when you, see, you, you want to get free? This is, this is where it takes you. This is the liberty that this thing takes you. The more you get established in righteousness... The more when you come to church or you come to worship or whatever, you're, you're thinking about Him. And so you really don't care if you're off-key or not. 
You really don't care what anybody thinks. You really don't care what kind of clothes you have on. You really don't care what happened last week. You really don't care about whatever. you just like, ugh, Jesus. You follow me? And then what happens is, is our atmosphere gains in freedom and liberty, and then we can have more of those moments where the gifts of the Spirit are operating in, in the service, and, and just more and more and more and more and more and more until we can start actually seeing some miraculous things happen. You know, thank God for, for, for prophetic utterances and for words and stuff like that, but man, I'd like to see somebody just get up out of a wheelchair and be healed. You know what I'm saying? And all these things are found in Jesus. You know, and I'm not trying to create this performance atmosphere either because I hate anything performance related, but man, God has power for whatever we have need of. Can I get an amen? Yeah, signs and wonders. I mean, that's what it says, and that's something we're eventually going to delve into as we continue in the series. It says, he that, that ministers miracles among you and supplies the Spirit to you, does he do it by the works of the law or the hearing of faith? It's hearing of faith. What faith? Faith righteousness. This is what all these guys was preaching, was faith righteousness. And, um, and, it, and it made everybody mad, you know, but who cares? You know, I don't care. I'm going to honor Jesus Christ. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to honor what he did. And uh, we just make whoever wants to be mad about it can be mad about it. You know, I mean, I don't care. If I'm going to offend you, I'm going to offend you with the cross. I'm not going to offend you with, I wanna, if I'm going to offend you, I'm going to offend you with the cross. Like those people that just left, they may have been upset about what I was preaching. They're from out of town and stuff like that. God love them. Maybe they had to go eat. I don't know. But it's really none of my business. My business is to preach this message. Your business is to preach this message. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that's cool. I mean, they just showed up. They're from New York. I'm just like, dear God. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, I saw them back there. <laughs> hey, you going to a church out in the country, you just never know. Especially in Kentucky, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, we got chili and snakes. <laughs> chili cook off, and who can hold a rattlesnake the longest? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Hey, man, we're, we're, you know, so anyway, yes, sir.
good. One of the big things is just noticing where, when you're out of faith righteousness, and that takes some learning. Can we get Stacy down here, pretty please? Somebody? Yeah. Well, it's just a house. We live in a house. We're like, honey, he's done. Come tell us what to do. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. No, I mean, just tell her, you know, no rush, but ready for kids to come down. We're done. So, yeah. I know, girl, I'm working on it. You, you preempting me. Let the kids get down here. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yes, please. Hmm. Come on. Come on, come on. It's good. Yes. 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 Fragile. Good. Go ahead and fall in it. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you're not free until you're free to fail. And you, you can't fail out of the love of God. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on, come on. It's good, man. It's good. It's the most important thing. It's the most. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yay. Thank you, Lily. All right, now I think we're ready. We got a, we got a birthday in the house one time. Logan McCullough is 29.